Hey there, and welcome to the Raglan Surfreports podcast. This is episode number five, and unfortunately today I'm doing this solo because the person who was supposed to come in and do the podcast had to pull out because they had better things to do, apparently. Um, which is understandable because there, there are a lot of things that are more worthwhile than sitting in this cold room drinking beer and talking a whole bunch of shit. Anyway, here we are, and so w- with that with that, um, that little hiccup, I thought I would go into a little bit of news um, and go over a few things that have happened in the past week in the surfing world and, um, and surrounding the surfing world. Uh, most notable, the biggest thing that's happened in the past week was something that if you if you're a fan of plastic bags, if if you like to use them to put your wetsuit on, you put them on your feet, slide right through, or if you use them to to carry things or if bin liners or whatever, this news is going to affect you and you're not going to be happy with it. Uh, the New Zealand government have uh, banned plastic bags, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm quite happy about that, as I know a lot of people are. And they did that because plastic bags um, are shit. And uh, and so I think that is taking effect. Um, I think it's supposed to roll out over the next year. They're slowly phasing them out. And, uh, and they'll be going with alternatives. So it's not like you're going to go to the supermarket. And if you haven't bought your reusable bag... Uh, there will be alternatives there, I assume. Um, for instance, there's a supermarket in Raglan where they have these plastic bags that are made out of like some kind of cornstarch. So it's essentially exactly like plastic, but it doesn't kill a lot of ocean-dwelling animals, um, which has been the problem with, with plastic, is that unfortunately a lot of it ends up in the ocean. And ocean-dwelling animals don't have the same education that a lot of us humans do. Um, humans from a young age, we're taught that if you put a plastic bag over your head, you will suffocate and die. And um, it's actually quite interesting to, to think how we got to that point where we needed that education. Um, you know, because there must have been a point where there were a lot of um, plastic bag suffocating deaths happening, and and then that maybe that education was was brought in because I remember at school um, when I was like five or six, and the teacher was telling us like because we'd put plastic bags over our heads just to see, you know how like just test how big the plastic bag was, see if it could fit a human head, and the teacher would tell us you know hey don't do that you'll suffocate and die, and um, and so it's good that we've had that education, but ocean dwelling animals. They don't have the education. Like dolphins are smart, but they're not smart enough to realize that you shouldn't put a plastic bag over your head. And so we don't have to worry about that, or we shouldn't have to worry about that too much anymore um, in New Zealand uh, because we're banning plastic bags, which is great. So there'll be less of them in the ocean. And um, and I mean, it's the same goes for turtles. Like turtles haven't had that education. We as humans have been educated that you, you can't eat plastic even though it does look like a delicious jellyfish, you still can't eat it. And we were taught that at a young age, that you can't digest plastic. Um, because I know heaps of kids try it. I don't know how many kids have died because they eat plastic. Probably way too many. And that's, that's why we are taught that we can't eat it, because you die. 
turtles unfortunately they don't have that same sort of education the mummy turtle doesn't say to the little baby turtles um hey guys that's not a jellyfish don't eat it you know they because they think it's a jellyfish even though it probably doesn't taste like a jellyfish they are, it looks like a jellyfish it looks like a delicious jellyfish so turtles eat the delicious looking jellyfish um so that's good we're I mean, in New Zealand, we don't even have turtles anyway. I don't think. I mean, I've never seen one. But it's good to know that they're not going to be dying in New Zealand because they think plastic bags are jellyfish. And uh, so I'm, I'm very pleased about that. Very pleased that the, the government has banned plastic bags. And, and I think we have to also look at ourselves as a society and give ourselves a pat on the back because it's the, the pressure that we've put on each other as a society that has created this change. Um, I, for one, know that if if I was um, if I was just walking down the street and theoretically, sorry, hypothetically, uh, if I had a a shopping bag, a plastic shopping bag full of groceries, and a an attractive looking girl saw me with um, with a grocery bag full of um, full of shopping. And, and then she was deterred straight away from having sex with me because I was using plastic bag, then that's something that would affect me more so than me worrying about if a turtle ate a plastic bag because it was a jellyfish. Because I'm that has no bearing on my life. Like, if a, if a turtle eats a plastic bag, I, like, I really don't care because it's out of sight, out of mind. But if a girl doesn't want to have sex with me because she sees me using a plastic bag because she likes turtles, then that's an issue for me. And that's how that directly relates to me. And that's what I'm saying. It's, a, it's, a, it's an issue uh, for our whole society and we need to put the pressure on each other for that because most of the people who, who care about the ocean don't even go in the ocean. They just care about it because other people care about it. And they kind of want to follow trends because then it looks like they are a positive uh, contributing um, contributing member of society. So it's not that they really give a shit about dolphins suffocating in plastic bags or turtles eating plastic bags sinking to jellyfish. It's just that they want to look like a good person. And if it's that kind of superficial shit that gets us to make these kind of changes, then I'm totally all for it. Um, and... Um, and, and thanks um, to the government for, for making those changes, and also thanks to you, um, unless you're one of those people who who wants to keep plastic bags. In that case, you need to fucking sort your shit out and realise that there are alternatives to plastic bags. Sorry, just a little drinks break here. Um, another piece of news. Well, it's not really news, but it's kind of something that happened uh, in the past week, happened to me, I was on, or the Raglan Surf Report was on television, although when I say the Raglan Surf Report, I mean me, Luke, because, well, I am the Raglan Surf Report, I'm not, I'm not the Raglan Surf Report, but there's no one else that does, it's just me, it's just me, anyway, I was on television, again, I've been on television before, I'd rather not talk about that, it wasn't a very nice experience, but I was on television last week on the John and Ben show. Uh, we filmed a segment where I went and took a comedian surfing. And it, it, was, it was fun. I had a good time. But then 
at the same time, it was like I was taking this guy surfing and he was just taking the piss out of surf culture and, and surfing and, and really um, saying a few derogatory things about surfing, which kind of fucked me off because that's what I do. And I felt like he was stealing my thunder a little bit by taking the piss out of surfing when that's my thing. That's what I do. I take the piss out of surfing. So here was this guy. He comes along and, and just, just rips surfing, just takes the piss out of it. But it was fun. Uh, we did get in the water and I did get to kind of teach him how to surf. Uh, we were only really out in the water for seven minutes, so you didn't really get a good bearing of, um, of what I taught him. Which was was not a lot. Um, that was the good thing. Uh, you, you couldn't see how badly he surfed um, because there wasn't a lot of a, a lot of footage there um, because I didn't teach him very well. I'm not uh, not a very good surf instructor because I'm a surfer. I'm selfish. I only really care about myself and about how I'm performing out in the water. And um, because as surfers, we're not really into giving surf lessons. You're only really going to give a surf lesson. A, if you're being paid to give a surf lesson, then it's not a bad job. Or B, uh, you've met a girl at a bar or some form of social gathering and you want to have sex with her. And in that case, um, this is a, I gotta tell, I gotta tell you girls out there, if there's any girls listening or watching to this, beware of those guys. I know those guys, I've been one of those guys. Uh, one of those guys that tells you that they will teach you to surf the next day. Say you're out at a bar and you you drop a hint that you've thought about trying surfing but um, you've never really, yeah, you haven't taken that next step and then he offers to take you surfing the next day. Um, he does want to have sex with you. That's, that's, what he's, that's his end game. That's what he's angling at there. He doesn't really give a shit. He doesn't actually want to teach you to surf. It's not something that's going to bring him joy. It's actually going to frustrate him because teaching people to surf is very frustrating. It fucking sucks. So what he's trying to do there is he's trying to finagle his way into your pants. And he's doing that by teaching you to do something that you would you would like to try, you'd like to enjoy. So that's why he's setting that up for the next day to take you surfing and, um, and then hopefully uh, bed you that next night. Um, I know because I've tried this before and uh, it's worked a couple of times and it's also not worked. So I just thought you, you girls should be aware of that because guys generally don't really like to give surf lessons but they do like to have sex. So uh, just be aware of that. Um, but anyway, the Jono and Ben experience was an experience and it would be good to do some, some more of that stuff. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Eventually, the Raglan Surfer Board will get on television and it'll become a global phenomenon. Um, eventually, if, uh, if I sort my shit out. Uh, another thing that has uh, happened over the past week, the, um, the Chopu Tahiti WSL contest started and it's up to round three um, at the moment. And so far it hasn't been that interesting because usually when you think of Tahiti, you think of Chopu, you think of large death-defying waves. Guys who are going out there and throwing themselves over the ledge into the biggest barrels of their lives. And so far that hasn't happened at all. It's been small 
it's been onshore and guys have just been doing turns. Um, the most interesting part of the event though has been uh, the dry dockings on on the dry reef because the guys are trying to milk the waves and, and get all the points out of them that they can that they end up on the dry reef. And that has been an emphasis of the commentators like Joe Chappelle and um, Pete the Condor Mal and the, the other commentators. I don't know who the rest of them are. But that's been a point of emphasis that they've been talking about because they need to sell the WSL and they need to sell it as something that's exciting and people almost dying, but not dying, is exciting. You want you don't want people to die, but you want them to almost die. Because when people die, it's very sad, and it takes away from a fantastic sport. But when people almost die, it's exciting. And so the closest that these guys are coming to death at the moment out at Chopu is, uh, is on the dry reef. And they do have the potential to die. If one of these guys does get cut up on the reef, they could get a nasty... Um, staph infection, which is a serious problem in Tahiti, I believe, or or any place where there are tropical reefs, you you can get a staph infection, which um, which can kill you. So that has so far been the most um, death defying part of the the Tahiti contest. Um, I've watched a little bit of it. I've I've found it um, I've found it pretty boring. So uh, unless it gets better, I I probably won't watch the rest of it. And um, and that's got nothing at all um, against the WSL. Uh, it's just surfing, surf forecast. That's just how it is. Uh, another thing which I think has taken away from the excitement of that event is the lack of John John Florence because his his knee is shit, like his knee's fucked, and also um, the surfing deity god Kelly Slater. He's not there because he's got a shit hoof. Um. Something that you should know is, uh, is something that's happened to me in the past week is that Kelly Slater actually liked um, one of my Instagram videos. A, uh, if you're not sure what Instagram is, um, it's like a, it's a social media thing. Anyway, I shouldn't really need to explain that. Um, you probably do know what it is. But Kelly Slater, in fact, liked one of my videos on Instagram. And, and that made me really happy because Kelly Slater has always been a hero to me. I love the way he surfs. I'm not a huge fan of his personality. Um, I mean, he's probably a nice guy, but I, I really love his surfing. He's, um, he's been a hero of mine for, for a long time. And for him to acknowledge my existence by double tapping on his telephone, um, indicating that he liked a video that I, that I posted, um, you know, it made me pretty happy. It made me feel like, um, well, actually, I had some friends tell me that because Kelly Slater liked my liked my video on Instagram, that I've officially made it, and I'm not sure what making it actually means, and I'm I don't I don't feel like I've made it, but um, but it was just nice for him to acknowledge that that I exist, and I'm sure you'd feel the same way if if Kelly Slater acknowledge that you exist because uh, you do exist but in Kelly Slater's eyes I exist and you you don't really exist unless you do know Kelly Slater and he has liked one of your videos on Instagram but I highly fucking doubt that um, because it's not like he just goes around all day just tapping on heaps of people's photos and shit and liking their stuff but he did that to me 
and that makes me feel special. And um, and I'm not sure what happens from this point because it's 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 like the social media milestone for me, and I'm not sure sure what happens here. Like, do do I do I leverage off this in some way? Um, can I can I use this as, as some form of currency? Like, do I take the the screenshot or I, I should say the um, the screensaver? It's the the bit where it says Kelly say like your video. That's my screensaver on my telephone now. Do I take that into surf shops and and try and leverage off that? Try and maybe use it as currency for free wax or, or something like that. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how I use it because people have said, hey, look, this is this is a big thing. You've hit the big time now. Because Kelly Slater liked your video on Instagram. So I'm just trying to really uh, leverage off that. Um, and, and and also I'm a little bit confused as to where I stand now with, with Kelly. I, I can call him by his, just his first name now. Um, because um, I guess we're friends. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, are we friends? Are we friends now because he liked, liked my video on Instagram? And I would like to think so. I would like to think that we're now friends, but we're at that first stage of friendship. We need to establish, um, I guess, more of a relationship, maybe some form of communication. And I, I guess that's probably, that will probably start when he follows me on Instagram, because I already follow him. And I feel like now the next step in, in our relationship is for him to follow me. And, and then I think we could probably become friends. And well, at least that's kind of what I'm envisioning in my head is that um, he'll follow me, we'll be friends, and we'll hang out and stuff. And um, because I mean, that's that's why m most people are on social media, well, I think anyway. Or it's the kick they get out of social media is when someone who who is established, who has a lot of respect, who has a large following. Um, we, we all want to, to be associated with those people because it makes us feel special. It makes us feel like we have, um, we're respected, you know. And, and that's why I like to hang out with people who have accomplished things and people who are respected because it, it puts me into their inner circle and it makes me feel like I'm part of that, it makes me feel like I'm part of their success when, when I'm not at all. I'm just kind of hanging, hanging on on you know trying to ride on their coattails um but that's that's the reality of it and um and i i mean i guess i want to i want to be one of those people one day one of those people that someone's like oh shit luke Sederman just liked my um like my video on instagram maybe we could be friends and and i think that's what we're all really aiming at aren't we um but yeah, uh, you might be wondering what the video was that he liked on Instagram. It was it was one uh, one that I did a couple of weeks ago because the the World Surf League posted a video trying to promote their their event at Huntington Beach in California, and they tried to promote it by posting a video of a whole bunch of guys just flapping around on these shitty little waves. Uh, they call it the Huntington Hop, but I mean, I just call it bad surfing because that's essentially what it is. It's just a whole bunch of guys and they're flapping around on their boards um, trying to trying to get a score. And I kind of thought it resembled um, um, stomping beer cans. 
uh, crushing beer cans to put into the recycling. And so I made a video depicting that. And I guess Kelly Slater, he found it relatable. I'm not sure if that's because he uses that method to um, crush cans before he recycles. Um, or because he's been in that event at Huntington Beach before and, uh, and, and he, fi he finds it relatable in that way. Um, I'm thinking it's probably the latter, but I I'm, not sure, um, I I'm not sure about Kelly Slater's recycling habits. Um, but yeah, anyway, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, also, um, the event champion of the Vans Huntington Beach US Open, Kanoa Igarashi, he, he liked that video as well. And I guess it's probably the same for him. He, he either has the similar recycling methods or he, he found it relatable because he had, he had done that. He'd hopped, he'd stomped a whole bunch of, of beer cans on his way to victory at that event. And, uh, I mean, it was probably more so that than the, the recycling. But uh, he, he liked that, which was pretty cool. I mean, he doesn't have the same... Uh, social following or uh, garner the same kind of respect that Kelly Slater does, but still, like he's one of the best surfers in the world. He's got one hundred fifty-seven thousand Instagram followers. I don't know why I know that, but I do know that. And uh, and the thing was, he also commented on that, um, funnily enough, which was um, which gave me the warm fuzzies, you know. Um, I've, I've jotted that down. What he his comment on there. Um, this is verbatim. And which means word for word, uh, he wrote, ha ha, ha ha ha, epic. Um, so what I took from that, after deciphering, deciphering what that meant, was that he, he thought it was pretty funny. He didn't just do the, the simple ha ha and leave it at that, which is a way of acknowledging um, someone, acknowledging that someone's done something and you find it slightly amusing or slightly entertaining but he'd gone full hog like he that's basically pissing yourself rolling on the floor laughing and that's probably what he was doing whilst holding his phone watching that video that I did that Kelly Slater liked um so that that was like next level like I, I feel like me and Kanoa we could probably be good friends now because he did he not only he liked my video but he also commented on it and he said it was epic so I think that's the good foundation of a strong relationship between me and Kanoa Igarashi. And, um, and the, also, side note, um, just a little language lesson here. If you ever see some text that says, ja, 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 which is like a J-A, but then like repeated, that is Spanish for laughter. So that's a Spanish way of laughing. So when Spanish people laugh, they they laugh like ja 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 ja, except they don't pronounce it that way. They spell it that way when they're laughing, but because Spanish language they use a J instead of a H. It's it's weird as fuck and I don't understand it, but that's what they use. So if you see that, if you see someone has written ja 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 ja, they are they are laughing. That's that's Spanish laughter. Or if you see someone in in real life and and they are saying ha 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 ha. Just make sure that they um, that that's English or Spanish because it's hard to tell in, in real life when you hear someone because you, you can't pick up on the J. Um, but yeah, so so that that was that was good. Huntington Beach comp, um, 
that was all done. Uh, some some other news. I I had uh, we've got a Volcom Volcom team trip coming up next week. Uh, a Volcom team trip for professional surfers is basically it's just another holiday for them. It's a holiday within a holiday. Professional surfers' lives, especially professional free surfers' lives. Professional free surfers' lives are holidays, and when they go on surf trips, that's a holiday within a holiday. It's like holiday inception sort of shit. But anyway, there's a bunch of guys from the surf team coming over next week, and we are going to be in Raglan for a few days. So I come to the Raglan Surf Emporium on the 25th. I'll put some, some dates and times up here so you can check that out. But that should be a lot of fun. You can come surfing with us. Um, don't drop in on us, please. Don't do that. Um, don't take liberties with that. It's, it's not very cool. Like we're we're out there to try and express ourselves and show off and show why we are actually sponsored for surfing. Um, and if you're going to drop in on us, that's just going to fucking ruin that. Um, another thing that happened, we have got. There's this movie that just came out. Uh, it's it's a shark movie, and I fucking I love sharks, and I love shark movies. I don't, however, like the way that sharks are generally portrayed in cinema. They are usually given a, a, a very bad reputation. Um, if you've seen Jaws, that made a whole bunch of whole generation of people scared of going in the ocean. And you shouldn't be scared of going in the ocean because it is a beautiful place. Um, but uh, but sharks, um, yeah, they're generally depicted as these um, evil like man eaters, and and they do eat men. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dispute that they do eat men, and they they also eat women. I can't leave women out of that. I'm not gonna discriminate. Sharks also eat women. There've been there've actually been several women that have been eaten by sharks, and and I guess that's because um, women like once a month they are self burlying for sh- fuck. I've, I've probably blown that. That's probably a bad thing to say. Um, I'm going to try and dig myself out of this hole now. But anyway, I want to go and see this movie about this um, this shark, Megalodon. Uh, it's called The Meg. I think it's, it's it's named after the shark being a Megalodon. It could be maybe the shark's main... Maybe the main character of the shark is a megalomaniac. And that's why it's called that, because the shark wants to um, have uh, power over everyone. Um, um, but... But I, 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 that's just an assumption that it is because it's megalodon. It's probably because the shark's a megalodon. But I, I'm looking forward to going and seeing that. And I'll go see that. And I will come back with a review. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the review's just probably going to be about how how terrible the film was. Um, but it's got sharks in it, which, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to go check that out. Um, but for now, to end, I've got a few questions from... People, I, I guess I call this part of the show, I've called it questions from people. Um, first question is from D-Dog, and that question is, the hottest surfer? Uh, I'm going to go with me. you got to back yourself. Uh, second question from someone, what does hitting rock bottom feel like? Uh, well, uh, in Raglan, you don't hit the bottom that often because the water's actually quite deep. Um, and also it feels like darkness and despair. Um, uh, next question, uh, thoughts on overpopulation. I reckon we should put people in virtual reality to get rid of the crowds. 
Now, here's the thing. You are the crowd. That's, a, that's the thing that a lot of surfers don't realize is that you're the crowd. You're the problem. It's not everyone else. You are part of the crowd. So if you've got an issue with that, go fucking put yourself in your own virtual reality headset. Don't worry about anyone else. Um, and then this question. How do you become pro if you live in a small town with horrible waves? Now, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter the size of the town. It doesn't matter what the waves are like. If you suck at surfing, you've got a fucking shit show chance of becoming a professional surfer. And that's just basic. That's just facts. That's just facts. So thank you for listening and thank you for watching. And I guess I'll see you next week with a whole bunch of shit. Hopefully I have a guest and I'll also be reviewing that megalomaniac megalodon movie.